welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. There we go. Hello, welcome to episode 454 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? What are you laughing for? Can that be 454A, 454B, 458C? 454, take take three. Yeah, we've had a few uh, pet issues and, uh, yeah, guinea pigs and dogs barking, that kind of thing, the usual. And I forgot me what episode we were up to last time out as well. But, hey-ho, this, this one is, we're going to do it. <laughs> this is the one, Sean. How's life? Are you keeping okay? I'm good. I'm good. I'm saying everyone, I feel like I'm getting better. Yeah, well, you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do sound a little bit. Not that you've sound sounded ill. I'm sure our listeners would agree, but you you sound like you've got a bit more of a spring in your step. Yeah, I do. I feel like I've kind of. I feel like I'm coming back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, whether it's long COVID or whatever it's been, I feel like I've been really. Uh, yeah, and I, I think probably doing doing the big detox and flushing my system and everything is probably part of it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I do. I feel, I feel, I feel better than I felt in ages, which is like that's good. Yeah, that's good to have you back. Yeah, the been uh, Yeah, well, strange times. Like, oh, yeah, I've, I've uh, we were, I've, I've been away at the weekend and kind of it's been a bit strange one actually. Not strange. I went to um, the Six Nations, Wales, Wales versus Scotland rugby match in Cardiff. Um, and that same fixture two years ago was when it really started, for, like in my yeah, head, because yeah. we were uh, we were due to go. In fact, we, we were on the train down to Cardiff. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, um, it was cancelled, wasn't it? The match was cancelled as we were travelling down, and it, we were kind of sort of glad that it was because it would have been one of those mass spreading events that you know <laughs> I would have had to like say, "Oh yeah, I was at that one." By the way, like yeah. Ch- Cheltenham races and uh, yeah. All that kind of thing. So, but two years on, it's back, uh, back to normal, if you can say that. Although, obviously, there was you could you could ask questions whether it was safe to host an event of that scale now and all that. But yeah, hey, there was lots in place to kind of mitigate things, and yeah, mm-hmm. the roof was open on the stadium, so <laughs> lots of airflow in there. Mass, it's an amazing arena, actually. Uh, the Principality Stadium, right in the and it's right in the centre of the city as well. So the atmosphere is just incredible, really. <clears throat> yeah, good. good. Um, so yeah, back uh, life. Life is returning. We're talking today about possibly changing the day job. Um, kind of following on a little bit from from last week um, about disappointment and how you know you've got to learn to live with these things every now and again. And sometimes I guess what you can uh, it's it's okay to make make huge. Changes to your life and just go for it. Um, so yeah, there's a blog post Sean's written, liveinthepresent.co.uk on the, the website there, and uh, to check it out and sign up to the mailing list, so you get alerts each week for the show. Uh, but yeah, how are you doing, Sean? Apart from uh, you feeling a bit better, you uh, you busy, busy? <coughs> yeah, yeah, busy, busy. Um, <coughs> and the, the nature of my busy has, has been changing a bit because of the um, uh, obviously the people that I'm seeing. It's like a moving stage watching the, the film go on. Um, so um, I've got 
people falling with different categories. I've got people that, that are taking early retirement, like I've had it, I've done, I'm out of here, I'm, I'm finished. Um, I've got the people who are looking at me in shock, saying, why on earth have I stayed here so long? Because the whole COVID thing has made them look at it differently. Um, and that's two things. That, that's relationships and it's jobs. It's, it's two bits, yeah. Um, I've got odd people that are jumping ship. So they're, they're saying, you know, that's, I can't stand this NHS trust anymore. So they're jumping ship to another trust, um, which I know is as bad as the trust that they're jumping from, but they don't believe that because they think that they're going to be looked after better than the other trust, but pressure on, as pressure on right across the system. Um, but the other thing is, I've now got teams of people, both in factories and in, um, uh, in health, where there's holes in the team because the knowledge base has got up and walked. Wow. And it's like, oh dear, you know what we do? We need to fill in those, those bits because people have had enough to go. <clears throat> and how's this for a weird one? Uh, two people I worked with last week in a, in a factory um, who had both come from um, the kind of uh, entertainment sector, you know, like bars and stuff in, in the evenings. And okay. they, they both said... So they, they were friends and they'd come to work together in this factory. They said that um, they felt so badly treated by the government and by the people that they work for in that whole entertainment sector that they weren't actually looked after, you know, all the kind of the furlough business and they'd lost money and all that kind of stuff. And then they had that realisation in the conversation. Why were they doing this and working such antisocial hours? And they've decided to go and work in a factory, which is kind of regular hours, regular money. They know where they stand. And they can do what they want in the evenings. They can go out and drink as well. You know. Um, so and that, that's an interesting one. But the, the feeling that I get is that people are, are in motion. They're in motion physically, but they're in, in motion uh, emotionally and psychologically. You know, and that question about why. Why should I carry on doing this? Whereas people would have just done it up until the time kind of thing yeah, yeah it's just, it's an amazing time really isn't it because yeah post post covid or post the initial phase of covid whichever you, what you want to call it really i mean you know yeah. just kind of generally watching the news and stuff and the the economy is in a massive state of flux really um and the, the, apparently there are a lot of jobs out there um a huge amount of jobs actually and they're struggling to fill especially yeah, in, yeah. in in sectors like hospitality as you've just said there yeah but, but the thing is that that isn't just that this is what i discovered because i thought oh that was just because all the european workers have gone home you know but it actually isn't that you know yes there obviously that's a part of it but there, there's this huge amount of people who had just had enough yeah uh, and, and one of the other things that, that that people have said to me is that the public is so rude the public is so uncaring. For years, I've put up with being abused and shouted at by people that I've been trying to serve. You know, I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be fascinating to see how it all, all, all pans out. So let's have a think now about... So you, you've been speaking with people in, in the last week or two who kind of yeah. either have taken the plunge or are thinking about making the leap into a, into a new career yeah. or to another... Yeah. So how are they finding it and what, what are the kind of common themes amongst that? Like, is it just general kind of fear and inhibition to uh, whether it's it's worth it? 
Well, they, there was a particular group I was working with. There was a group of 12 on a team. And they, they were all angry and they'd all had enough kind of thing. <clears throat> they, they were kind of talking about it and what they'd had enough about. And they split into the classic thirds. There were the third, mainly the older ones, that were really fed up with what they were doing and where they were working, but felt like they had no choice other than to remain and, and to finish it off and do it. Um, there were the third who, and they tended to be the younger ones, who were like, I'm not bloody staying here. Look at you lot. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. And then there were the, the third in the middle that we said, I don't know what to do. Do I go that way? Do I go that way? Mm-hmm. Um, but that makes me think that, I know there's only 12 people, but if they're representative, you've got like a third of people that are thinking, I've had enough. Yeah. You know, as Add enough, as in, I want to get out of here. You know? Mm. Um, and, and then that raises the whole thing about if I do get out of here, what do I do? So I've had conversations with people about if you want to change what you're doing, very often you have to plan it. It can take you a couple of years of training and, and whatever to get you to the point where you can do what you want to do um, and start doing it. So I've got a few people that are kind of making plans for the future, as it were. Um, interesting. And it's quite interesting working with people um, in the Middle East as well, um, because they're going through similar things as things are changing, opportunities are changing. And one thing's about the Middle East is you can jump from state to state. So you can go from Saudi to Qatar to the UAE. You can move around. Um, and it seems like what happens is that each of the states offers deals to people that are attractive so they can grab a whole load of workers. Right, okay. You know what I mean? So that kind of movement is around at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you and I are in, a, in kind of interesting positions because we don't consider ourselves to have jobs as such. I'm, I'm self-employed. Uh, I do mm-hmm. work uh, for people, but I don't consider it a job as such. Yeah. I mean, uh, same for you, but you've been at it a bit longer than I have. So yeah, how, how, do you, how do you define the work that you do and how do you... Uh... Well, I, I, say, I say I don't go to work. I've been to work since since the early 80s. Uh, I get up in the morning with a smile on my face um, and get on and do with what I do with my life. The fact that some of that transfers into money and goes into the bank to pay the bills is secondary to me doing what I want to do with life. And I, I think that that's an interesting kind of concept in itself because am I a wage slave who sells my body and my time for money? Is that standard? Or um, am I the kind of person who does what is fulfilling for me and the money is a byproduct of what I do? Mm. Yeah. And and I think that that's a really interesting concept because if you're focused on what you're doing because you enjoy it, you naturally create money. If you're focusing on the money, you might create money, but also you might be quite miserable doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy for us to. Well, it is quite easy for us. My my journey isn't quite as long as yours, but I think it was. T- I think it was two thousand and eight when I um, left. Yeah, left that kind of comfort of the. Uh, it was fifteenth of April two thousand and eight when our business was incorporated, or my initial first business. Yeah. So yeah, thirteen, fourteen years, whatever it is. Um, and but it's important to, to tell the listeners out there that it, it wasn't like it hasn't been a an easy easy ride for me. It's, you know, particularly yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been trials and tribulations along the way, and even the 
thinking back to the initial decision, uh, it was at a time in my life when I was well, I was like late twenties and no kids on, uh, and we weren't quite married yet actually. So and my wife's a teacher, so or a partner. In fact, were we married? I can't remember. Uh, no, we weren't. Of course not, because we got married in 2010. So uh, it was. It, I didn't have too much to lose in that sense. So yeah, you know, people further down the line might have a bit more to contend with in terms of like financial yeah. responsibility and yeah, and kids, kids or other people that are dependent on them. So it's not an easy, easy call, is it? No. And the worst place to be seems to be people in their fifties um, who've still got kids at university, they haven't paid the mortgage off yet all that kind of stuff and the pressures on them and they hate doing what they're doing. Um, And that what makes that worse. uh, And you can see this in the uh, COVID period is that if you're stuck in a situation like that, because you have to be, and you watch other people around you going off to have a good time and enjoy themselves, that makes where you are even more difficult. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. But at some point, you know, I guess you have to kind of come to the realization, as uh, as contrived as it might sound, that life is short, isn't it? And that, mm. you know, obviously you don't want to be actually like hurting or putting lives under extreme pressure beyond your own. But life is short, isn't it? And and in, in in the kind of the grand scheme of the universe, which is however, or certainly our little ball of rock hurtling through space uh one little tiny decision that you make is is just nothing is it you know you've got you've got to grasp your opportunity while you're here and just absolutely go for it which you know isn't it's not something that i sub- i've done in my whole life you know there's things where i could have been, been bolder and braver with decisions as well but uh that it's that's got to be basically true hasn't it <clears throat> i think that um uh that's another thing it's like if i'm looking at the positives from covid what would you learn um, one of the things is that um, because people have died that weren't expected to die, and, and that shocked a lot of people, you know. It's like my dad died and he was really fit and healthy, he used to go running and did this, that and the other, you know, and he got COVID and was like gone. Um, and I think that is something that makes people think, actually, I'm vulnerable. Well, I think when you're younger, that feeling like I'm going to live forever is kind of there, isn't it? And unless you've got people dropping off the perch around you, it seems like life does go on forever. I guess the nearer you get to the exit, the more people you know have died, so it becomes more of a reality. Um, but when you're younger, it's like, do you go for what you can do? Or do you do you just kind of hunker down there, there, there was a thing i picked up in the paper yesterday I just watched it read it quickly about um a young girl who'd gone to uni she's only something like 24 and while she was at uni uh, she was known as mrs tightwad because she did a couple of jobs she refused to go out and spend money and she saved and hunkered down that's this that and the other to save money um which meant that by the time She'd left uni at something like 21. She uh, had enough money to buy her own house. So she, she actually had saved enough, so she used that as a deposit. And now she's 24 or 25, and she's paid it off. Mm-hmm. Or she's mortgage-free. And, and I was looking, looking at that and thinking, has she compromised her being as to who she is and what she does in order to 
do this money thing? Or has she done a really smart move, paid all that off, so now she's mortgage-free, she can go and do what she wants? Mm. You know? Um, and it's that, that idea about what do we do because it's fun and what do we do because we're scared? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did it, or when you went self-employed back in the 80s, was it a pretty obvious, easy thing for you to do? Or was it, do you remember it being quite a scary decision? To... Uh, well, I'd, I'd come out of an ashram and come back here and I was pretty kind of unemployable, really. I, I earned money playing music whilst I did Western education. Um, but um, I, I realised that I was pretty unemployable um, and the only way I'd be able to do things would be to do them myself. So I, I started doing that. But in the end, as I became qualified and moved into you know, being a full-time therapist, so I was a therapist and a musician for a long time. I did a transition. Um, but um, uh, it was that thing about I wasn't going to work. The two things that really made me feel good was working with people and playing music, and that's what I did. Yeah. So, uh, and sometimes the two things were the same. I actually, I can remember working with a, a concert pianist who was very, very stiff and structured, an amazing pianist, but could only play the piano if she had the, the dots in front of her. Um, mm. She couldn't do anything spontaneously. So we spent a few months, uh, like an hour a week, uh, doing improvisation work um, so that I would um, throw her a line on the guitar and she had to answer with a line on the piano. So mm. no music, just had to hear it and feel it. So we played this kind of call and answer game. And then in the end, we'd end up playing whole bits of music that we were writing as we went. Wow. You know, uh, But what that meant was that she loosened right up as a person it made it more spontaneous. It changed her social relationships. And she actually said to me, it changed her sexual relationships as well because she could actually let go. She'd never let go before. Mm. Yeah. And it's that thing about she was playing piano exactly as she should do because that's what she talked about as opposed to enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And how many people go and do a job where they're doing what they have to do and it's like, am I enjoying this? You know, could I change the way I do it so I enjoy it, or do mm-hmm. I need to change what I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and it's it's under, it's important, isn't it, to understand that a simple change of job um, might not be the answer. Uh, I guess I yeah. don't know if that's something you need to learn just by doing it and finding out, or uh, whether some deeper thought um, will will kind of help you reach that point uh, without it. And it, like you say, the grass isn't well. One of the phrases that we use you've got a few listed in your blog actually is that one of them is uh the grass isn't always greener is it um on, yeah. on the side so yeah like you say people might be transferring themselves from one um department to another trust let's say in the health service you know where <laughs> where they're just same problems out of the frying pan and into the fire as they say yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's very real that kind of stuff but it you have to think ahead. You have to kind of try and imagine what you're in the process of creating next. Um, but no, I mean, a lot of these phrases I've stuck in here are the ones that keep us in place, like better the devil, you know, lepers can't change their spots and old dogs can't learn new tricks. It's all those kind of phrases that say, stay as you are, don't change, don't move. Mm. Yeah, and actually, lepers can change their spots and old dogs can learn new tricks. You know, that, that's really important, that. Yeah. Yeah. 
we can all learn, grow, change, develop, you know, at any age. And I, 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 I've said this before in here, but my favourite lady was the one on the, the, the Sunday morning question time programme where there was um, uh, a woman who was 84 and she'd just got her PhD. Hmm. And I thought, yes, that's amazing. You know, she's still going at 84, got herself a PhD. Brilliant, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was, I was chatting with family at the weekend about, because I've, I've turned 40 quite recently, so it's like the usual, uh, well, joking around about, oh, that's it now, it's all it's all over with, and it's over, and uh, yeah, it, like, that's what you believe it is, and they didn't, they were only joking around, but, you know, I, I kind of reminded everyone that Ricky Gervais was 40 when he wrote, uh, when he wrote The Office, you know. Was he? Wow. Yeah, or late thirties, anyway. And that just Maybe. came out. He was working in an office job, and he was just observing things around him. And I'm sure I, I don't know the full story of like what is have he done any comedy before that? But wrote this wrote this little uh, sitcom, you know, while he was you know breathing away at night and doing his office job in the day. And uh, yeah, and now it's well, I guess it'd be interesting to chat with, with Ricky Gervais. Or people like him about whether life is better now or worse, or it's more complicated now. He's got millions of, I assume, millions of pounds and properties all over the place, and mm-hmm. probably probably a lot of extra pressure in terms of yeah his schedule and like people will be demanding things of him, won't they? In terms of that that next big hit, etc. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to chat with uh, Ricky if anyone knows him. Uh, yeah, does he miss his old life? Yeah. Send him our way. Yeah, the simplicity of it all. I don't know. <laughs> I did, think it, did you catch the, the bit of research, Cambridge University, I think, um, that said that um, the old age now officially doesn't begin until you're 76, they reckon. Oh, really? And which I thought was extraordinary. And then I was sat down thinking about it, and I was thinking... Are they in cahoots with the government so the government can push the, the retirement age further up? You know, so <laughs> it becomes 70, 72, 74, yeah. you know. Oh, do you know? Yeah, I know. Well, no, it's true. But yeah, I mean, my age is a funny thing. I, I often, I kind of ask my kids every now and again what how they view my parents. Because my to me, my parents don't look old. Um, and they're early, well, my dad's early seventies now, which is kind of a mad thing for me to even think. Um, and my mum's, my mum's 66, 67, I think, but you know, that's, that's the age my grandparents were when I was a kid mm. and they looked really old to me. <laughs> so. but, but I mean, when, when you're a kid, if someone's 30 years old, I mean, they're like, oh my God, they're so old. I and I, I can remember being at school. And there was a girl there whose parents were in their early 30s and and the mother had become pregnant again, yeah? And she was so embarrassed because her parents were still having sex at their age. How disgusting was that? (laughs) In your 30s, oh, my God. Imagine. Yeah? (laughs) Rinked people in their 30s. Oh, Oh, the horror. The horror. Um, Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, life's life's strange, isn't it? But yeah, short short rule, go for it while you can, eh? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and that that's the point, isn't it? I I have worked. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I've worked with too many people at the end of either work life or the end of life life who are full of why didn't I? Why did I? You know what if? You know, and and that kind of regret and the wishing 
and it's too late by then. You know, if you're going to do it, do it now. Get on with it. Enjoy it. You know. Yeah, definitely. Almost got through the whole show without Cooper barking, but he's just, I think the postman's just been, but um, there he goes. Um, so we'll wrap things up. But what's your resource of the week, Sean? Uh, well, I, I've gone back to one of my favourites, which is which is a book that I say to people to go and read uh, when they're going through these dilemmas as what do I do next? Um, and it's the Joe Vitale Attractor Factor book. And I put a link up there because I found it as a PDF online, uh, which I believe is a freebie. So if if you want to read it, hook in. It's it is it, it if you get through it's a bit cheesy. You you've got a lot of uh, anti good bit, so you wipe that out, and then you've got a bit of the gaudy bit, so you get rid of that bit. So you get through the cheese, and when you get down to the pizza base, which is where he's asking you questions, and they're questions about you know who are you, what are you doing, what are your values, and it it it's really good because it takes you from that panoramic view of I could do anything and focuses you right in. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and it's, it's a good process. Yeah. You've gone. Oh, sorry. I'm mute myself. Sorry, I've, I just back. got myself quiet then because because uh, the dog. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've got a, a blog post, um, thebalancecareers.com, about yeah, basically doing a successful career change. Lots of tips in there for you to to learn yeah. from which i thought was pretty cool so i'll uh i'll link to that um yep yeah so uh we'll be back next week for more hey sean you take care till then eh and you you look after something smiling i'll go and release release the hound variety I'll see you <laughs> next time see ya see you bro bye, bye.